0: I want to
1: grow up, cause maybe if I did Why so
0: serious? All the toys, all the time I am the it's game, it's still getting trying to play, good. You know the rules, this isn't a toy But we bought it at the toy store
1: We did, but the way I'm using it makes it an adult
0: thing Are you ready to play the game? Yeah! Well, welcome to the Toy Department with Matt Kolsky and Derek Madden. Yeah. Yeah. It is Friday. It is toy department time. I think, I don't know, it's really late, right? I'm uh, I'm Derek Madden. He's Matt Kolsky. <laughs> you know where where you are, Matt Kolsky?
1: Um no is that important for what we're doing today (laughs) no i do it's uh it's i'm in i'm in a my friend's basement um tonight is our last night at this particular friend's house and we finally ended up having to splurge for an airbnb for our last week before move-in which is uh right when we would be recording this podcast next week so we're going to be taking a week
0: off Sweet, yeah, we, we will be taking your week off I'll be traveling, you'll be getting out of the basement You I, I always thought this podcast would end up with one of us Just you know in a basement somewhere
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought it would be a basement that I owned Or at least someone in my family owned But here I am in my friend Aaron's basement um, It's really, just, honestly, it, as much as I talk shit about my situation on this podcast We've been very lucky with friends and family uh, helping take care of us and luckily, happening to be out of town at the right times for the last almost two months. Um, and, you know, biting the bullet to uh, Airbnb for the last week is, uh, it could have been a lot worse. So here we are. And thank you to everyone who has uh, helped my family survive for the last crazy two months. And the next time you and I record a podcast, we'll be in, uh, I'll be in my new house, hopefully.
0: Yep. I was going to say you're welcome, but I did nothing. So No, it's true. Um,
1: you did absolutely nothing. That's accurate. It d- didn't help at all.
0: Nope. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> We've got uh, a fair amount to cover this week. I feel like we should start with the challenge. Um, and, I, you know, I feel like this Challenge USA season so far has really been a case of careful what you wish for. Yeah, um, at least for me, because I, I feel like I have loudly for the last couple of seasons yes. of the challenge been, been uh. yelling at people of like, why are you just letting the veterans run this game? And why don't you, you have the numbers like you could take these guys out? I'm glad what you brought this doing? up. Yeah. And now that's happening. And I'm not sure I enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, listen, a, a few things right off the bat. First of all, I feel like after last week's conversation, I need to say um, it seems like Paulie is okay. And, in fact, he might be better than ever, uh, emotionally speaking. I don't know how it's going to affect his game in the long term. But um, shout out to him for being in touch with his feelings. I support that.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was some... Surprising feelings, uh, yeah, coming from from Pauly, Yeah, think. and I'm not sure we pinned
1: down exactly where where he landed, but uh, that's okay. He doesn't have to do that for me or anyone else. So congratulations, <laughs> Paulie, and I hope things are going well. Um, that said, goodbye.
0: Uh, and I, I, I'm really I th- mad. At, I'm I'm mad at myself that I did not see the deep dive into Polly's emotional journey as framework for him being. Yeah, know, totally.
1: We should have known. We absolutely should have known. That's such a good point. I didn't either. Yeah. Um, although I did expect him to be eliminated when I saw the weird elimination. Um, I didn't expect it to go the way it did, and we'll get to that. But but in terms of what you started with, the rookies or at least younger less experienced players finally banding together and using their superior numbers, there's a couple of things. So num- number one, yeah, I uh, I can live with John A. and Pauly being eliminated. <laughs> number two, um, all it took was the numbers being so ridiculously lopsided against the veterans. All the, all the producers had to do to get the rookies to wake the hell up was give them like six veterans in a house of... 20 something like young hungry people and then the 20 finally figured out you know what i think we have an edge over the six um
0: yeah but the thing is there are more than six veterans in the house well that's the thing they but they they the some of the other the non-six veterans are i don't want to say the treacherous sort but it's they, not they that they're tre- the right Non-veteran veterans to be uh, disloyal to the current veterans, if that makes sense. Yes. You
1: know I mean? Well, that's right. I mean, it's 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 fessy, and you know, it's it's people who are looking to make their own name. It's Josh, like, and I think Josh would roll with the vets, but he, you know, Josh will do whatever he can to stay alive. Um, I I will say this. I think. Bananas, as absurd as his like uh, histrionics were, I think he's probably right. If uh, Corey and Fessy could have swung that vote, and you know, people are always there's always this line, right? We see this so often. Well, I'm on the bottom of this alliance, so I'm going to switch to the other one. Well, where do you think you are in the other one? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So. And there's more people I, I, in the I, other one.
0: I, I, I'm I'm right with you on this. I, I think Corey and Fessy are a little bit different in this situation, though. Right in that, I 100% agree. I don't know what the hell Corey's doing. Like, like everything that that uh, bananas was saying about your next, bro." Like, right? Yeah. Like, like, like maybe jumping sides puts you to the back of the veteran line. You know what I mean? If you thought you were at the front of it. But really, right. there's not an order. It, they're picking off who they can when they can. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. If Corey, if, you know, so it's like.
1: If it's Corey's vulnerable the and and the, like he's, you know, the the only one of the major veterans on his team, they're going for him. You know, even maybe before all the veterans are eliminated, depending on which teams win. So, like, it's just not an effective strategy. I guess maybe you're right about Fessy, but I got to believe he could have leveraged his challenge relationships better than he can leverage relationships with, like, big brother people he didn't compete with, you know?
0: That that might be true, but uh, maybe he's looking at the numbers. I don't know. But I do feel like Fessy is more viable as a non veteran, if that makes sense, than than Corey is, right? Sure, sure, but only slightly. Um I, I also
1: <laughs> I love that no matter how far he tries to distance himself from the messiness, an entire plot line of this first three episodes is based on his messiness, even though he's has nothing to do with it now. Like right. The whole Michelle Amanda like it's messy Fessy is still having an impact, even though he stopped being messy like a season and a half ago. It's
0: just it's just right. It's just the legacy of his messiness.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's almost as incredible as Amanda's confidence as a challenger given her history in this show.
0: Yeah, I I would say is it confidence or is it bravado? Right.
1: Whatever it is, the the things that she's saying, she can't possibly believe them. And if she does, then it's just delusional. Um, But she did, as Tori said, she did show up this week, not only in the challenge, but um, she had one of my two burns of the week, (laughs) which was uh, after Michelle fell in the water... She said, I see Michelle looking like a wet dog, and it just feels good. Like, I'm better than you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good one. That's just the
1: satisfaction one. with which she said, it just feels good. I just, I just like seeing her fail. <laughs> and you know what, Amanda? This is one of the rare times where you and I are in total alignment. Uh, that made me happy as well. And then Tori, uh, later on that episode, said, Honestly, I'm happy for Amanda because she's barely a challenge great, so she had to do something.
0: Yeah. Your accusations were in your spot or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. She had, to, I, she had to show us why she's even here.
0: <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, I gave my burn of the week to Johnny Bananas, and I'm going to give Johnny B some extra credit, because unlike the typical burns of the week that I think are often said in confessional or to a producer. This was Johnny right to the face of the person he was burning, which in this case was Josh, who, uh, was talking about how embarrassing his performance was in the Daily Challenge, and and, and he, Johnny Pantas goes, "Don't worry about it, Josh. It wasn't the first time, and it's not going to be the last."
1: Yes, yeah, and he, <laughs> it, 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 I believe what he said was actually, "It's not the first time you let me down, and it's not going to be the last."
0: <laughs>
1: and honestly, like it was said in a way that sounded like genuinely. An attempt to comfort Josh, which made it even funnier.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and I look, I am I am glad Bananas is still here. And can we say this kind of goes back to my original point because
1: right um, that was scary, but this is a game that's not ready to lose Johnny Bananas from a television standpoint. That's for sure. Yes. And from
0: a television standpoint, the vets are by far the most interesting people on the show.
1: Yeah. Um, well, part of that too is, you know, our our long-term relationships with them, but I agree. They're they're uh, uh, that that being said, I think Johnny and Tory also showed themselves as, you know, not ideal candidates to vote in because you don't want to face them. Like Johnny between hitting every single bag on the right on the target and ultimately winning the elimination against Paulie, The way he did that swinging pole obstacle course was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, every team was struggling. One or two people were getting across. And then all of a sudden, he hops up there, and he's just on the other side in 30 seconds. And he continues, even at 40 years old, continues to have just a spectacular sort of unnatural gift for these weird things (laughs) that the challenge makes you do. It's it's one of the most – like – I don't know that ultimately. Now, look, I'm not comparing him to these people as athletes, but I don't know ultimately that his gift for the weird challenges is any less impressive than, like, you know, LeBron's basketball gifts. Like, it doesn't totally make sense. But whether it's, you know, scraping honey off of someone or tiptoeing across a balance beam above an obstacle course or, you know, swinging on poles above water. He seems to just physically understand these things better than anybody else by a mile.
0: Yeah, and LeBron is a great example. I was going to actually say messy, almost, you know, like right. latter states, messy. if you've been watching those League Cup, you know what I mean, where he kind of just sort of walks around for five minutes and all of a sudden he like sees that opportunity and the next thing you know, he's like, Sprinting and then oh, oh, he's scoring a goal again. Right. Um,
1: right. You know, on the ground uh, into the corner from thirty-five yards away.
0: <laughs> right. He's just seeing it ahead of everyone else. And th- there have been a couple of challenges now, where, you know, at the start of the challenge, he kind of comes on and yeah, this will be a challenge that requires these skills. You know, this will be this this challenge is going to require swimming. It requires memory. It's going to require individual. You know, and, and some right. teamwork. And boom you know and um you can just tell that he sees these dumb games and sort of understands what it takes that said i think that that ele- he was in an elimination that really suited polly pretty well yeah and i think that had he had polly not missed that bag oh he wins he wins right because it did not seem like like it seemed like he could have stood there with his arm up for ten years, you know what I mean like I mean it did it did,
1: but i but I will also say that like Paulie's sort of game face has always been better than his results
0: yeah um, it's fair.
1: and and I would also say this, like part of the legacy is not choking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Paulie <laughs> choked, he choked. And, and again, that's, that is, that goes across sports, right? Like, you know, would, I can't think of a great example, but like, would, uh, Chris Middleton be Jimmy Butler if he didn't choke in the playoffs? You know what I'm saying? Like, that that thing that makes you under that tremendous pressure hit that last target, that's a that's a talent.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird that the choker in your example has a title of the joke he does not, but um. Yeah,
1: but I think you know what I
0: mean. <laughs> but I do know what you mean. It Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um. <laughs> um. um but yeah, I know what you mean. And it's um I, I I think there's something to that, certainly with some players. I think Josh might be another good example yep. of that. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, where the ability is there. I think maybe Fessy is even the best example, right?
1: Because Absolutely. It's a great clearly, example.
0: Clearly, he's had the ability to go very far. I think in every season he's been on, pretty much. Um and, and yet has found himself titleless, you know? So. And
1: he basically, like, something, some new Achilles heel pops up every time around. And, you know, a couple of times, you can call it bad luck or a tough break. But if it keeps happening and happening, you start to wonder if it's just kind of part of the athlete's makeup, so to speak. And, again, we do it in all sports. It's not totally possible to define in a logical or meaningful way. But I think most sports fans believe that stuff is real.
0: Can I ask you then, along these lines? Uh, and I'm sorry, this is a bit of a tangent out of Challenge Land. Um, but when you look at Joel Joel Embiid, yeah, and you say like, okay, it's a pretty spectacular set of circumstances. Yep. Um, that have sort of surrounded this guy. You know, two first overall draft picks who got the yips. Um, start asking out, um, you know, injuries in the playoffs. All yeah. of these sort of, you know, you know what I mean. Like forces have conspired to basically keep Joel Embiid out of, never mind a finals, but a conference finals. Right. But it's been happening long enough. <laughs> like, do we start to say that that he's the common denominator at all? Of this?
1: Well, or so like, it depends which
0: people keep wanting to leave him. You know,
1: man, I, you know, it. first of all, it depends which question you're asking. If the question is to me personally, then my answer is I am the sort of fan and analyst who takes all that into account. And for me, I still find it hard to really pin that on the ass of Joel Embiid in the same way that I look back at Charles Barkley and say, tough break, kiddo you know like i think he was championship worthy i think he was a winner and it just never the pieces never came together cuz you do need that luck part as well especially in team sports um yeah. whereas i look at carl malone and think of a choking loser uh, so you know that is kind of aesthetic and yeah. and, but, and
0: you know carl malone didn't get pushed off in you know in game 6 right like like some of that's bad luck. I tend to agree with you that. But I but was, Derek, well, he did
1: I mean? turn the ball over, leading to that shot. <laughs>
0: yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Man, um, they don't deliver on Sunday. Yeah, missed um, some
1: key free throws. So like I, uh, again, it's pretty aesthetic those judgments. But I'm that's how I like to think about it when think, it comes. I mean,
0: like think of the the Kawhi shot. in, yep. right, in um, Brutal. You know, in this thing, like there's so many moments that could have been like. This way or that way.
1: Right. And, you know, like on the injury front, there are some injuries where it's like the same knee that's been bothering him on and off. And like he's playing, but everyone gives him a break and says his knee must hurt. Like that to me, I put a little more on his shoulders than the stuff where he like comes down and breaks his face or someone catches his hand at a weird angle and it breaks. You know, like there's just stuff. And I, when I make those judgments in terms of whether or not you got the title, I try to take all of those things into account and it's more of a holistic thing. Because to me, the title stuff is only really like the final tiebreaker. Like, I should know who's better than who, whether they have a title or not. And, you know, the easy go-to example is, like, no one is saying Robert Ory is one of the 20 greatest players of all time, even though he has a ridiculous championship count. Same with Steve Kerr, right? No one's like, well, Steve Kerr's got five championships. He's, like, right behind Jordan and even with Kobe. Um No, that would be ridiculous. So I I think it's fine to make that sort of judgment on finer points and decide who's better without using championships unless you need it as a tiebreaker. And then for me, I take all that stuff into account, which is to say, like, Fessy is very, very good,
0: but... Better bring it back. That's good. That was strong.
1: Yeah. I like I (laughs) I I respect Fessy's talent, but I'm not sure he has the thing that will take him over the top. And I make that judgment just by watching him for four or five seasons, whatever it is.
0: I see, and I, I still put I'm kind of I'm where I'm at with Embiid, which is if right now, if you asked me, I would say it's probably that he just hasn't had enough bites of the apple and sooner he's he's good enough. Sooner or later, it's going to go his way. Right. It's more oh, circumstantial yeah. than part of his identity. But much like Embiid, I'm 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 wavering that a little bit. And if it keeps happening, at some point, I got to point the finger.
1: You know. What well, I mean? yeah. And as I was saying at at the beginning, it depends what question you're asking. Because if the question is, "Will we, a society of you know consumers, judge him?" Then absolutely, it's yes. Because that's just how it works. Like the The legacy doesn't really differentiate on those things once you get 20 years down the road, like people are just going to count titles once you're a certain level of good
0: yeah, and we'll see if he <laughs> we'll see if he has one. look if he pulls it off this season, I think it's going to be an achievement because it seems like at some point people are going to start looking at him well, he's I'll done tell a pretty you good what job. Of- of kind of kinda CT and CT laying low so far. You know he's I mean? doing
1: a CT thing right now, and I will say, even though Johnny made sure to point out that it's Fessy's women who are arguing uh, again, he's doing a pretty good job of, of playing the background. I, I, I will also say this. The nature of the hopper makes it such that every single person who is voting like, (laughs) there are going to be enough people with incentive not to put a scary competitor down there. Right. That I feel like Tori and Johnny with their performances and just Fessy by being Fessy have a bit of a leg up in terms of not getting thrown down. Because like, if you don't win the daily challenge, all it takes is one person to put your name in the hopper, and all of a sudden you're in elimination potentially. Yeah. So yeah, people the are. I the think the reason
0: why Corey's
1: a dumbass. Exactly. <laughs> and and I also think like, you know, something's got to give with the veteran versus rookie thing because the, the producers are not morons. Like they, they know they can't eliminate all of the best characters on the series in the first six weeks or whatever for six episodes. So um, I think if the strategy of outright picking on veterans continues, you know, we'll see twists in the game that accommodate that a little bit, but I, I will also just say, I think Johnny bananas can affect that right now because defection is, is the clear answer to me.
0: Is it? See, that's. I was just about to say that. Like, I was excited for this defection thing when they announced it, but I feel like it's kind of worthless because these alliances are just not very based on these the team colors. Well, but
1: but if if you, as Johnny Bananas, go to another team with veterans remaining, you can shift the numbers at least within that team a bit, and and. You know, then if you win yeah, daily... So
0: the team was a challenge, yeah. Right. So, But what's the team with all the veterans on it?
1: Well, that's the tricky part. I mean, I think the answer is probably to go to Blue and see if he can rally Corey and Fessy back in. Because if... it, Tory's on that team. And quite honestly, a, a team with Tori, Bananas, Fessy, and Corey is going to win a lot of daily challenges. Um, so... You know, like, that would probably be my angle. Wes is so alone on the green team that I'm not sure. Yeah, and this
0: is, like, kind of what you're saying with the producers. It's like a game where Wes has no moves.
1: That's tough.
0: It's not good television.
1: (laughs) No. Although, like, for a week or two, it's okay because of him trying to make moves and just having, like, rookies and second-year players just look at him and be like, no. (laughs) And his frustration is pretty funny.
0: Are, are we going to get a shot of Alyssa every week talking about how she loves it when know it alls get her, their they while completely being a know it all.
1: Yeah, I mean that the that one of the frustrations. And look, it's always the case a little bit with the younger players in the game. They're they have their backs up from the start. They're paranoid. They're trying to make a name for themselves. There's a thousand reasons, but um, the like the hypocrisy can be suffocating. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a little bit annoying. At least I understand why Michaela's paranoid, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, she was, <laughs> she was long gone by this time last season, so uh, <laughs> totally, totally understand that. But also, like, this whole alliance that they've created, right? When Tiffany was listing off the members, she basically ended up listing off every woman in the game besides Tori and Amanda, I think, and... Um, and that's not going to hold, guys. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, they think they've flipped the whole game on its head. Um, and all they're doing is threatening us with a long stretch of bad television that's going to have them turning on each other, you know, one week later.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, obviously the big part of the problem is they don't realize that they're not that good at television.
1: <laughs> no, no. I, uh, but but it's it's like... It's almost always a better strategy. And look, maybe someone's doing this and we just haven't seen the machinations yet, but it's almost always better strategy to have a smaller, tighter circle. And even if you are rocking with a big alliance at the beginning, like if you don't have a tight core circle that you know, these are the three people you're riding with down the stretch, like it's going to explode sooner than later.
0: Yeah, that's why you know I I have been impressed with the way that Desi has played this game now uh, across two seasons. Um, she yep. seems like she uh, first of all she's building a brick shit house. She's yes. really good at all the daily challenges. Yeah, but she also really seems to be a leader. Um, totally and, and calm. And likable, you know what I mean? Yes, and that's, that's that's tough to pull off. So. Um, and I did find it interesting that they had her crying in the trailer for next week's episode, which maybe means that um, uh, things are not going quite as smoothly this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they love a misdirect, she's don't okay.
0: they? They do. They also love a misdirect, that is fair.
1: Right. She might have just right. like puked or something and she's upset she don't about don't seem it.
0: like a crier, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, indeed. Indeed.
0: So we'll see. Um, uh, all right um god I don't even know where I'm at at this point um I feel like that's <laughs>
1: most of it I feel like we covered most of it
0: you know you know who I'm in, I feel like I need to mention uh, D- dusty and his like bananas worship I find to be really adorable
1: um yeah in a only slightly creepy way but <laughs> it is, I, I think we have to admit like I mean look I you know I'm I'm as much a uh, salesman for the challenges America's third professional sport that uh, I shouldn't probably feel this way, but because if someone said it about Michael Jordan, it wouldn't be weird. But just like calling that man your hero while he's standing right next to you was a little weird. Was well, a little weird, but like I gotta to find. A, he was like, I gotta find a way to keep my hero.
0: The, like the house drama the week before, like you could just tell. He's a fan and I feel like that's how I would act if I got to be in the show. <laughs> you know I, I mean?
1: yes, but I don't think you would sit in a confessional and say I got to find a way to keep my hero in this game. Um,
0: Correct. <laughs> so so
1: I'm I'm with you, but I'm just noting that there is like a uh, just a hint of creepiness.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah, okay. That's that's fair. Uh, I've been impressed with the eliminations and the daily challenges in terms of their construction so far. Yeah, Even and if... Though, like, if um, well, sorry,
1: I, I was just going to say, if they're going to bring them Fast and Furious like this, like I would say two eliminations out of every three episodes will satisfy me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's been fair. And I find that, like like, I don't know about you, a lot of times when the challenges are tj's explaining the challenges and there and there's too many steps i kind of start to glaze over right um and that happened a couple times and yet the, the execution of said challenges i actually thought was uh very good and entertaining to watch uh, yeah and it looks like next week we get a, a moving truck daily challenge which are always, always fun really
1: great always yeah. fun and i did enjoy whoever it was they, they think it was the guy with the hair i'll learn their names if they stick around long <laughs> enough um I think the guy with the hair was like, well, I work at a marina, so I know a thing or two about capsizing boats. And it's like, is that, are you supposed to do that
0: at your marina? (laughs) I have to imagine that there are some times when you need to capsize the boat.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess that's true. But it still was a it was a funny way of framing it. That like uh, it
0: definitely was a weird flex. <laughs> I'm a I'm a
1: sailor. Of course, I know how to turn a boat upside down onto its onto its ass end. Um,
0: <laughs> but he did. And it was he helpful. did. He
1: he definitely executed it better than anyone else.
0: <laughs> it was a very strange challenge, but a, but a good one. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, totally. And uh, and I I thought like a good sort of uh, you know multi whatever you would call it Um, they talk about it in in training all the time but like it tested a lot of different things all at once in a cool way Um, you know there's swimming there's memory there's the strength and and, uh, apparently strategy to flipping over a boat Uh, all that sort of stuff comes into play and then everybody on the team has to get involved and sometimes that means um, you know People are swimming with other people on their backs, which is always a I fun mean, aspect.
0: We've, we've said this a million times, but I like even learn to Amanda, swim. You can't be a challenge vet and not know how to swim.
1: Amanda, it's- in particular, like T- Tiffany, on her second season and she's not a, a swimmer. I'll I'll give her a bit of a pass, but if you keep coming, just learn to swim a little. Learn to swim a little, and Amanda has no excuse. She's been doing this for almost twenty years.
0: Yeah, like like like, what's going? On? I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't get it at all. Um Yeah. All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm warming up to this season some, uh, and I do think the producers will hopefully keep a steady hand so that we don't lose all the interesting people by week four.
1: Yeah, yeah. And look, honestly, if Bananas does defect, whether he goes to the blue team and tries to win over Fessy and Corey, and and is on the team with Tori, or if he goes. Green and he and Wes are on the same team I think there's a lot of potential for fun
0: Right and hopefully They're smart enough to be Spreading around the defect strategy To the other vets
1: you know what I mean Yeah I mean that's really the key Because look when Green team Loses Wes is going to end up in there sooner than later And if he and Bananas both defect To the blue team then we're really talking
0: Right there you
1: go Also by the way We have not mentioned her name She's no longer with us on this show. We love John A. We, we respect John A's performance, but we saw why I made the point in our first discussion to say that I can't in good conscience rank John A with or in fact very close to Tori.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're, um, I, I did uh, particularly think how much you would, you were enjoying that elimination. It wasn't even a matter of enjoying, again, respect for Jeanne,
1: she did everything she could, and she could not do anything, because Tori is a beast.
0: And, like, yeah, well, does no, Jeanne... i no never said, like, Jeanne is the strongest girl player. You know? Right, like, but what I'm saying... Laurel would have done the same thing to her, you know what I mean? You're correct. Well,
1: but I didn't... I wasn't ranking Tori ahead of Laurel just yet, but, but... I think the thing about matching up Jeanne and Tori is, like, anything physical, Tori's gonna kill her. And anything not physical is like John A has an edge, but it's not that dramatic. You know what I mean? Like there are there are aspects of this game where John A is better than Tori, but not as dramatically, and they're not necessarily as critical parts of the game. So love yeah, John A. I would
0: say I would say she pretty big edge in puzzles. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, like, but Tori's not like Kellyanne you know what I mean like she's not a puzzle awful right so that's all and and I also legitimately think like there are no other women in this house with the possible exception of Desi who have anything for Tori from a physical perspective so you know even if they're targeting her on a regular basis she is not going to be an easy out
0: yeah I think you know I think you might be right about that there are not a lot of bruisers uh, no among the women
1: no there are not all the, the sort of right all the women that we would think of as like the real bruisers are are not here basically
0: yeah um yeah well <laughs> let's go Tori <laughs> it's my girl I do it would be kind of cool like you know if it winds up that they keep throwing the veterans in and the veterans keep coming back um you know what I mean
1: yeah I mean I think
0: got a way to get it not. Veteran against veteran. Every That's
1: year. what it is. The key for the veterans at this point, and they did a decent job. I mean, Monty had a lot of balls in the hopper, but again, the hopper can can get you. You just need one in there. Um, I, I I do think the key for the early part is going to be just trying to keep it at one veteran in there, right? Like you're you can survive because the veterans are going to, on average, be the favorites in most of the eliminations, but. If it's veteran on veteran a couple more times it's too late.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's occurred to the the newer players that the veterans are favorites in any elimination against them.
1: Uh, Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. But I haven't,
0: uh, haven't heard anyone mention that.
1: Yeah, it's not uh it's not a great situation for them in that respect. No. But yeah. they do have three times as many people so we'll see what happens. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Uh, all right, so we move on to the culture portion of the week.
1: Yeah, that was a good meaty challenge conversation for the people.
0: Um, I, I, where do you want to start? I don't even know where. Should, where should we go?
1: Uh, well, um, do you want to, do? Do we want to transition into something po- a positive review or a negative review?
0: <laughs> I think I only got one positive review left, so uh, let's start with they clone Tyrone, which I assume is going to be a positive review for you. Yeah, you didn't like it? I did not like it,
1: no. <laughs> just it was just too much conspiracy nuttiness or what.
0: Yeah, it was just a little, a little a little too nutty for me. I
1: mean, look, it's a silly movie. It's it's a satire. Um, it's it's obviously a, like the premise is largely absurd, although it certainly I think hints at some uh, worthwhile themes. Um, but for me, it was just fun. Like John Boyega was doing a weird, like, hood straight man, and I thought he was really good. Jamie Foxx was on tilt, and I just loved it. And Tiana Paris, too, for that matter. The two of them were just on tilt for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. And
0: Tiana Paris, I thought, was the best The best part of it, for sure. Um, yeah, I,
1: I mean, look, Jamie Foxx was doing a very specific and very over-the-top thing, but I... I enjoyed it and and Tiana Paris has a relentless charm and, and just like that was enough for me. Was this a great movie? No, but I do actually think it's better than most of the stuff we've watched on Netflix lately. Well, that might be true, but <laughs> it might be a low bar
0: as we discussed. Yeah, fairly low bar.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I had a lot of fun like, you know. No major, no major thematic takeaways, but like they, it, was, it was neither too heavy-handed nor too empty-headed for me, um, and and I just I just liked it. I just, this is a thing I just liked.
0: Yeah, no, and I thought you would. But that's yeah, why, that's why I started with it, and I didn't hate it, but for me it was just a, a, a little bit too absurd. It was a little bit. What are we doing here, guys? Like, what is this? What is this for? you know what i mean like okay i like i see you having fun but what are we what are we, what is this for you know what i mean
1: it's a that's a fair criticism i don't know that it's for a whole hell of a lot um <laughs> but it was it, it, you know i don't know that i've seen that goofy idea before necessarily and again it does like I mean, it's not delving too deep into the like uh, classism at, and and racism that's kind of at the heart of the premise, but but those those things are present in the satire, and I think it's effective in that respect.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It just felt like a, a little bit like watered down uh, version of what Boots Boots Riley's been doing. You know what I mean? I think that's
1: fair, but I think that probably gives it a broader appeal, generally speaking.
0: Yeah, maybe. Man. And
1: and and honestly, I guess maybe what I'm saying is like I'll take a watered down version of what Boots Riley is doing over a decent amount of other
0: things. <laughs> that, that might be true. I mean well so what did you think then of Asteroid City? Because I had a sort of a a, a similar uh, complaint and not complaint. I look I uh I really enjoyed the Wes Anderson movie. You know what I mean? And and we're certainly getting the Wes Anderson movie here, generally. Yeah. Um, I think... You know, the huge cast of, you know, giant names. And, remarkable and cast. The quirky setup and the, the you know... Models. Yeah. The so West many models. The dialogue and the weird technology and, and, and the, just the general tweeness and all of that is... It's all there. Yep the best Wes Anderson movies and I think Moonrise Kingdom was probably the last one that I really like re- thought was really really good Yeah, just have so much heart and I felt like this movie uh, all of it's quirkiness really detracted from any kind of emotional resonance of the story which is you know essentially you know these romances playing out among I don't know this alien situation <laughs> like, but you know the whole like it's a play but it's a you're watching a movie of or yeah what was that why TV show about why do we do that it's cutting kind of, yeah like i just don't why, why i don't get adding all of this distance that whole thing
1: I mean? felt like a, an excuse to make um the, the great actor brian cranston uh talk funny i don't i don't know what that was about and i like This, to me, was just short of a satire of a Wes Anderson movie, like an overly precise satire. And I guess I think the phrasing you used at the beginning of this discussion, the Wes Anderson movie, has become a little too true. Like, listen to this list. Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, The Royal Tenenbaums, The Life Aquatic, The Darjeeling Limited, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom. Those are his first seven films. And I think you could argue that while there was a Wes Anderson style, they're all very different movies. The last four, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Isle of Dogs, to be fair, is like animated. The French Dispatch, Asteroid City. Certainly the three non-animated movies, I could easily confuse parts of them in my head with others. None of what happens in any of them seems to matter much, even to the characters in the films. And it's really just, it's, it's become a thing where the style has overtaken the actual film so much that I don't even really know what it's about or what we're doing here. Now, yep. is it, is it, in many ways, beautifully acted. Yes. Are the sets impressive and interesting and, and cute. Sure. But, but I think there's just diminishing returns Mm -hmm. on that style. So like, I almost feel like his career is backwards. (laughs) Like you would think he would come out of the gate, repeating style without paying enough attention to content. And in fact, it seems to be the
0: opposite. Yeah, it's almost like he's devolving. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and I find it frustrating because when you think about The Royal Tenenbaums or The Life Aquatic or or Bottle Rocket, like there's so much character to the characters. There's so much development and and caring about the people is a huge part. Like the ridiculous people he makes you care about in The Royal Tenenbaums, it's a it's it's an achievement. And I just Literally couldn't have cared less about the characters In this movie
0: No all of whom were played by brilliant actors
1: Brilliant like, actors
0: At some point I was like in my head trying to think about how many like Oscars are in this cast Oh
1: my god yeah ridiculous <laughs> Yeah and it's not like I have Any complaints about the acting It's just It It seems like an empty Shell of a Wes Anderson movie at this Point and it and it that has been The case for the last few tries
0: yeah, I'd like to see him do something that's not either this movie or the animated movie that he also does. You know right, what I mean? exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. in many ways,
1: Isle of Dogs felt like a poor man's fantastic Mr. Fox.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, th- I would even just say, I think he cut out in many ways. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Entirely, yeah. That's probably accurate. Um, so, you know, and that, like... I think for uh, two people that have a great deal of respect for Wes Anderson and have really enjoyed some of his work, it's disappointing. I, I would
0: agree with like, that. Like, it's not a all
1: terrible right. movie, but it's disappointing.
0: Um. All right. So, Untold Johnny Football, which I think could have also just been called This Fucking Guy. This Fucking um, Guy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I got to say, like, reviews of
1: Johnny Football, extremely mixed. Reviews of... The tale of Johnny football I mean I can't argue with good content
0: yeah it's qu- I mean it's quite a story <laughs> it's
1: unbelievable yes. and I I had really forgotten because now we just kind of think of it in in the SEC and obviously I knew that uh, Am Texas Am had been a big 12 school and that they had you know in the last 20 years leveled up. From a football perspective, in terms of who they're competing with, I kind of forgot how much of that rode on the back of Johnny Manziel. You know?
0: Yeah, like almost all of it. Almost like you know, they had I think one good year under Kellen Mond after Manziel left. um, You know, with Jimbo or whatever. Right. But like, that's kind of it. How much more Texas A&M football can you think of that's not Johnny Manziel?
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty incredible. And, And, you know, the anecdotes of both NFL and college, his antics, are remarkable. Like, this is not, you know, Dennis Rodman, who's a remarkably physically gifted guy who only had to do one thing on the basketball court and partied too much. This is not, you know... Michael Jordan, one of the most talented people in the history of the world, gambling all night before a finals game. This is a kid who physically shouldn't have been there anyway. Like, undersized, overmatched, apparently, you know, looks-wise at virtually every turn, never studied the playbook,
0: didn't <laughs> care. Was, like, that is a miracle to me. That Like, this guy... <laughs> at his size, thought he could just be an NFL star like without paying attention to the playbook. Well, and that's the thing that I, I think... Film. Well, that's the thing that
1: I think I got out of this most of all was that he really didn't think he could be an NFL star, and he really didn't want to be, which is kind of another incredible thing because it seems as though if he had really wanted to be, he could have at least been an NFL player for a long time. You know, got yeah. like mediocre quarterbacks bounce around the league and I think he probably could have been better than mediocre if he'd studied the playbook and watched film and did the things that you're supposed to do to be a professional athlete instead of drinking heavily and
0: I mean there's no reason he couldn't have been Marcus Mariota.
1: Yeah. yeah. At least at least and frankly if he was doing Marcus Mariota level stuff, he would be getting more attention cuz he's 5 foot 10 but it just wasn't part of his makeup frankly what was his, his makeup was like shooting star his yeah, ma- his I'm makeup Johnny
0: fucking football <laughs> yeah i'm Johnny fucking football and and while
1: he seems to be marginally better in some ways i mean certainly it, it does not seem as though he's like actively <laughs> doing hard drugs anymore um
0: Yeah, he also doesn't seem very actively sober. No,
1: that's what I was going to say. He's certainly not actively sober. And he definitely hasn't done... It's not that he's not reasonably self-aware, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of self-reflection or, like, you know internal searching for what he is meant to do and i thought one of the fascinating things was there's someone maybe someone in his family who's like i think it was his sister maybe who's like you know people will ask me why doesn't johnny get back out there and do x y or z and like he's just not in a mental place to do anything and i don't know i think there's a lot there probably to be explored with a therapist if he ever makes that decision um but It really is remarkable just as a story of of a thing that happened. Like, it it defies logic and expectation at every turn.
0: Yeah, and yet, I think maybe because it's the Netflix documentary series Untold, uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, maybe one of the better documentary series. Yeah. It's also kind of a story without an ending, right? Like. When, sort what the, of live out on the conclusion of, you know what I mean
1: yeah well and I remember the Manti Teo one being a little like that as well yeah.
0: like I, uh, <laughs> I almost how feel crazy like is it that the, that those two guys are in the same like intersecting at the same Heisman right which was like right when all of this stuff was really blowing up in, in uh, Manti Teo's life then those two
1: stories were yeah. happening at the same time it is remarkable it's remarkable um, stuff, man.
0: Yeah, it is like you're like what a time! What <laughs> I don't know if a we'll never t- see that again.
1: What a time to be alive! Yeah, uh, and and for what it's worth, um, it also really drives home how absurd the lack of nil at that time was. Like the fact that the university could sell his autograph, but he couldn't. <laughs> Now, granted, the enforcement was terrible and and they caught him but couldn't pin him down. So, you know, he didn't really get in trouble that much. But just the fact that they had to jump through hoop, like, why couldn't... It's so ridiculous that the university would literally be able to build a new stadium off of him and he can't make a few thousand dollars selling his own autograph.
0: Yeah, and and they, they act like... There's a point where they they talk about, well, you know, the NCAA had an entire division that existed just to find athletes and punish them. And right. when they say it like that, you're like, yeah, that's ridiculous. But then, like, you're also gonna go, like, that was a thing that we all accepted as, as like, of course they did. You know what I mean? Like, that's what the like we all for a long
1: time we, time we did, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's true um, and if you
0: ran afoul of it we thought you were really like you were a bad guy right you were a cheater and blah 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 blah
1: so i don't know that i ever felt that way which is part of the uh foundation of my relationship with college sports but but yeah, yeah but enough. that was certainly well, the people. cultural attitude undoubtedly was like well you shouldn't have gotten a free tattoo you big cheater yeah. but like right. come on
0: right Remember what a big deal the free tattoo thing was like the, you know right. got fired over that.
1: Right, which is the which is the cost of what, you know, two bottles that NBA players are getting comped at the club? Like it's yeah, all very yeah. silly.
0: I mean some of these tattoos can be expensive now, but Fair I enough. doubt they were getting the really expensive ones. <laughs>
1: I don't think so. No. They would have had to trade more than, like, a bullshit keychain from the Ohio State team dinner to get uh, a, a really expensive tattoo.
0: Yeah, I I guarantee those Ohio State players would have something worse than that. <laughs> no, of course.
1: Of course. And, and I mean, that's the other thing that, that is is clearly on display is patently ridiculous is, like, they had a whole division and they still couldn't catch a guy who was selling his autographs willy-nilly while, like, pounding liquor. You know, like, <laughs> what good is the NCAA, really? What do they even do?
0: No. Well, look, in college football, nothing. They clearly do nothing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, which is why, you know, we're they, we're going to have a college football Premier League um, in our lifetimes. That, that's yeah, going to happen. it's certainly yeah. heading that
1: direction this summer. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, and you start to – uh, you know I don't know if you saw the story with the, the fri- uh, Florida State talking about can you know teaming up with a private equity firm. It's that kind of stuff, you know to pay their way out of the ACC essentially. Um, yeah, like it's that kind of stuff that I think you're gonna is gonna start to get supercharged into it and gonna lead directly to this, probably with I would say within ten to fifteen years, I think. Uh, yeah
1: i mean there's just a lot of logistics to work out but i i am in full agreement with you that that's the direction it's heading
0: um and yeah it's uh <laughs> Lord knows none of it has anything to do with school <laughs> no but you know what like it would be
1: cool if college football made itself the first american sports league to have relegation
0: right it should absolutely have that right yeah like Part of this whole thing is that they should be, you know, three teams that they pick up from the lower leagues every year. Right. right.
1: You maybe yeah. have 25 or 30 Premier League teams and then, yeah, three to five turnover every year. That would be exciting. And think of how incredible it would be for the, the, the universities that won the second tier and got to move up the next year. Like, that would be madness.
0: It would be. I think it would be a lot like what you see in the premiere of the championship now, where like it's a lot of the you same know, most teams. Most of those teams wind up going right back down. Right, <laughs> but, right. <laughs> oh, but some of them do not. You know. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Um. You know, and every once in a while, you find yourself with a lesser that you know in five years went from one the whole damn thing to in the, in the second tier. Right. So, uh, uh, that would be fun. Five years. I'm in favor but, of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, like that would be that would be saying. <laughs> god, <laughs> is, it already, is it already?
1: Is it already more than five years since that Leicester team?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. I think it's like eight. Almost, uh, we're so old. Sorry. It's it's out of. What is it? That's like twenty fifteen.
1: Oh my god, it feels like yesterday. <laughs> I remember that that like run up down you know towards the end of the, that season so vividly and that was a really long time ago.
0: <laughs> I remember it well because I won mo- I won quite a bit of money on it.
1: <laughs> nice nice. By the way, nice opening week draw for Chelsea added two expensive defensive midfielders it's all coming up blue baby.
0: <laughs> You're about to cross the 1 billion dollar bargain in player ad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I read a fascinating article about how they're, uh, you know, skirting the fair play rules to make it all happen.
0: Well, ironically, um, and now we I'm really getting into the weeds now, but ironically, uh, the fact that they crash themselves out of the Champions League is a big help because they're yep. not subject to those rules.
1: <laughs> yep, don't have to follow UA for rules. And then also, like, the other part of the strategy is all of these, like, 19, 20, 21 year old guys are getting. Seven eight year deals, um, yeah. which so. is risky, but I appreciate going for it and taking your shot at at like young players you believe in because this year's team is going to be so much livelier and more exciting than what I watched uh, over and over again every week last year.
0: Don't get me wrong, I, th- I think they've improved quite a bit, um, but if Reese James do... could
1: stay on the field, that would sure help.
0: I do find it sort of funny that part of one of the huge lessons of last year was that they had way too many guys, and they solved that problem by just going out and buying a shitload of guys. Right. Somehow, none of whom—well, I shouldn't say none of them, because one, one of them is only one of them—is the striker, which is the place that they were obviously really missing somebody. So yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, great job. <laughs> well,
1: kind of. I mean, are you counting in Kung in that?
0: I you know, I am not counting a cuckoo who I love and I think he's great. Um He's maybe not he's a striker, but he's play a striker for them, but he's, also, he's right. definitely not a classic number nine kind of striker. No, but he, he's he can easily be a ten if uh you know in a different system, you know what I mean? But he's
1: much closer to that than Kai Havertz.
0: Correct. <laughs> um,
1: yes. So, you know, uh, he can do those things uh that, that you want your number nine to do. And I actually think like Nicholas Jackson could turn out to be one of the stealthy, best things they did because that guy makes stuff happen. Like he's not as refined as you might want ideally, but he's constantly challenging. He's constantly stretching the defense. like it it granted i'm I'm talking mostly about preseason, but it has made watching these last like four or five games so much more interesting and exciting than than it was throughout most of the last season when it's like, and this was one of the points I read today too. And I, you know, this is turning into a part-time Chelsea football podcast, which is probably not anyone's uh, dream. But
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't mind.
1: <laughs> but but um, all that money, or a lot of that money they spent in the previous year, was on like solid veteran players who neither moved the needle in in quite a dramatic enough way to be exciting there, nor had much potent like Koulibaly and Kukurea and you know Havertz like uh, all those dudes are good soccer players but they're not stars and they're not developing so what are we doing here and at least here even even if there are some tough results
0: I will say Havertz was that guy when they bought him yeah people just don't think of him right now because of the stint that he had at Chelsea but the guy they got from Leverkusen yeah you know up and coming 22, 23-year-old, you know, with lots
1: of promise. And and in his defense, like, when used properly, I think he's quite a good player. Um, Well, that's
0: the thesis this year. Yeah. (laughs) we'll we'll see. We'll see.
1: They just just didn't do that. Um, And, like, as annoying as I find Kukurea, like, I I thought Kulabali was perfectly good. Just, like... Not necessarily the sort of player that a clearly rebuilding organization should be rebuilding around. And I think they got that much more right this time around, investing in a handful of players, basically starting with Enzo, but Mudrick and certainly Caicedo and Lavia and uh, Jackson and Nkunku. And, you know, there's just a laundry list now of 20 to 23 year you know 19 to 23 year old guys who certainly have star potential and that is exciting to
0: watch and we'll and we'll continue to get better and obviously that's a big part of the theory behind arsenal as well right is that right you know that like obviously they've been spending a lot of money um and and adding guys but the, also the guys that they have you know the expectations that they will continue to get better and better and some of them are pretty frighteningly good business. <laughs> so.
1: and and look i mean you look at a guy like saka and that's already the trajectory he's on certainly
0: right right so and you know martinelli as well and, and odegaard and
1: oh god uh, martinelli does martinelli does some things man that yes. uh, he's very impressive, and and you know I think Chelsea have certainly seen what the results of that can be with Reece James whenever he's on the field. Um, yep. So fingers crossed, and hopefully he's back soon because God, he makes such an incredible difference. I mean, they've protected <laughs> themselves better now for his I don't absence. Like a sister, really? Oh my gosh, she's something else too. Yeah. That uh, have we ever had a better? Brother sister athlete combination. I think Reggie and Cheryl Miller is the is the like.
0: That's pro- that's still got to be the gold standard, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, probably. But boy, like two national team soccer players for a country as competitive as England. I don't know that Reese is as much of a star within the England team as as his sister is, but it's a lot of talent, man.
0: It's it is a talented it is family. A lot of talent. They they could both be Chelsea captains, I think, at some point. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's pretty crazy too.
1: Yeah, that's a cool story. Um,
0: Yeah. Um, So, uh, all right. Well, um, there's your weekly uh, Chelsea update with a with a taste of Arsenal. (laughs) Um, All right, so we are off next week, as we mentioned earlier. um, But we do have some homework for you in the meantime. Obviously. Four big episodes of the challenge between now and the next time we talk to you—that's exciting. Um,
1: Very exciting.
0: I didn't—I didn't get the full title of the Tracy Morgan special on Max, but watch the Tracy Morgan special. On
1: Taking Max. it too far, I believe, is the title of the of the special.
0: Yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, we're also going to check out uh, this. I would say this is probably the big. TV premiere of the next few weeks Is the uh, Ahsoka If I said that right uh, Yeah I'm not sure if it's course. Ahsoka,
1: Shoka. We'll find out uh, in the next two weeks
0: But Rosario Dawson does Star Wars That's, that's, that's the main point
1: That's the um, story, that's what we're here for
0: <laughs> And uh, we're also going to watch The G League documentary uh, On Amazon Prime I also didn't get the subtitle of that But um, I think you'll be able to find it I think it's, you know it's from Ringer, and it's G League, a G League Odyssey, I think, something like that. So, um, watch well, the Ringer G, G League thing on Amazon Prime. Uh,
1: yeah. Destination NBA, a G League Odyssey. There it's on, go. it's on Amazon Prime Video. Uh,
0: so that's your homework, and uh, we will see you in two weeks.
1: Two weeks. All right. Uh, good luck with with your travels next week. Um, I can't wait to talk to you from. My new basement.
0: It's gonna be very exciting. I'm getting ready for uh, this. Is my fantasy football draft.
1: Uh, oh, okay. All Sorry, right. I
0: got a I got a week of Matthew Barry in my life before I. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta get to know your rankings. Get your <laughs> get your so rankings phone locked phone in. Off.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Get to work. Bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The lights out. Butter's getting
0: hard, the eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. So long everybody. And do me a favor, have yourself a
1: tremendous evening.